The Frozen North, Episode 54, our top five video game weapons. Hello and welcome to the Frozen North Gaming Podcast. My name is JJ and I'm your host and I'm here with my two friends and co-hosts, Mark. Howdy y'all! <laughs> is that you? That, yeah. was, that, <laughs> was, that was actually Brian. Okay. Yeah. I'm Mark. That, oh, is that all you got? <laughs> I thought Brian <laughs> was going to say something. Well, after I said, and Brian. Hi guys, it's Brian. I'm Brian. Cool, alright, we've all also. been introduced. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Mark, you ruined everything. Oh, <laughs> Jeez. oh yeah. God. Oh man, anyway. Man, seriously. Mm. Uh, so how we doing? How have the past two weeks man, been? Fantastic. Fantastic. Did you say fantastic? No, fantastic. Fantastic. Oh, I, I gotcha. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> well, why don't we start off? I mean, episode 54, guys. Yeah, dude. It's a big deal. That's why don't we start out like we always do? Episode 54 is a number. It looks like twice as many as the third time of the month when we did the... I don't know. I'm trying to make up some random fact that Mark usually tries yeah, to... I won't even attempt Mark, to random make up fact. a random fact. Right. <laughs> I can't. Okay, I can't do it. Can I, can I make a motion with the council to add a new little mini segment to go... Mark, make up a motion. A or, motion? I mean, make up an idea. Go. Uh, an idea? Or a fact. I have an idea. A fact? Make up a fact. Go. Okay. This make is, up a fact. Here's a very shallow fact. <laughs> One more episode, and we'll be on episode 55. There it is, it's everybody. True. He's right. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Mark Facts. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, what have you guys been playing? My name is Mark, and I've been playing... <laughs> wow. He's reading his notes. I don't know if they could recognize my voice, Mark, even though they've been listening for well, Mark, 54 episodes. Mark, have they, you, though? Can you just that's, recite that's what you've been question. playing through memory and not... No, know? I can't. I have to look at the screen. Okay, hold on. I'll try not to look. Okay. I've been playing the Halo... I almost said Halo 4 beta. The Halo 5 beta, okay. <laughs> which sadly works better than the released Master Chief Collection, which I paid $60 for. The game I'm playing for free that's still a year out is more reliable. You can probably stop saying Halo and just say, like, I've been playing the Xbox One game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably. I should just say that for now. <laughs> Touche. No, don't do that. I'm going to get beat up. I've also been playing Rust. Which is an open world, online, super ruthless survival game. Yuck. It's been pretty fun. It's like uh, if you took the DayZ game and made it more focused. It's not as much of you just trying to run from zombies for two or three hours. Right. I've also been playing Suikoden 2. Woo! I finally beat that monster I got myself stuck on earlier. Mark, question for you. Have you bought Suikoden 2 on PSN yet? Nope. Mm. Wow. But I will. I'm going to tell Ryan to listen to this episode. Yeah, specifically. What if I buy it before the episode comes out? Well, then I'll say he's bought it since. Okay, deal. But I don't I don't think you will. I will. Not. So I'm going to go buy it tonight. It's, I don't think that's true. It's 10 whole US dollars. I have a GameStop gift card that I need to use. Oh, snap. Oh, that's true. So... Yeah. Get I can't believe you haven't bought it yet, man. I figured you'd be man. the first one out the gate. I don't like going and getting... St- 
okay, first of all, I don't give Sony my credit card information because they've been shown to not be good with our private information. What company is? Well, I mean, Nintendo and Microsoft haven't lost credit card information, so... But it's just as easily accessed. Yeah, but as far as I know, I mean... They didn't store it in plain text, either. I have not had any money stolen from me because of that or anything. I mean... Ryan, same, right? It could have been worse, true, but it still happened. Right. No, right. So I don't, I don't want to trust them with my data, so I have to buy little cards at physical stores in order to do anything with PSN. All right, understandable. Should have yeah. done it a while ago, though. Yeah, fair enough. But I've been a homebody for the last couple of weeks. If you are a listener and have not bought Sweet Get Two on PSN yet, what are you waiting for? Seriously, it's ten dollars. Get it. Yeah. USD. Actually, I mean, I should. I, I'm a bit ashamed of myself. You can tell. Oh, I'm my, ashamed my, of my, you as my well. My face looks. I'm showing a lot of shame on my face right now, right? Yeah. Yes. I'd say shame. Yeah. I was watching the Konami Twitch channel, and they were saying that they really want to see a lot more sales. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be important and for it's any people like news. you. <laughs> it's not people like me because I'm going to buy it tonight before this episode comes out, so I won't become shamed. <laughs> no, I, I mean you're you're the biggest weekend fan uh, among us here, yeah, for sure. So I mean, I I know that it's it was just the issue with Sony, and I know you would have bought it in a heartbeat if you. Uh, we're willing to, I guess, trust them on that. I yeah. guess my worry is um, with it, in the, or that were they worried about? Are the sales bad for it? I mean, I know I bought well, it, but he couldn't say what the sales were yeah, or like what their milestones were that they were looking for. But just from his tone, it didn't sound like they were as good as. And he well, said that the PSN hacking thing it probably didn't help. Didn't help at I'm all. Sure. But my, yeah. my worry is, is this weekend a revival of them? It's huge. Uh, we're talking um, multiple thousands, twenty thousand yeah. plus on but, Facebook. Yeah, but. Even if every single person on the Tweak and Revival movement bought that game, I don't think that's the target numbers are looking for. Yeah, that's for. not going to be enough. Yeah, so right. as, as good as the Tweak and Revival movement is, perhaps Tweak is not quite as popular as we all, all hope it should be. Um, but hopefully, we can get the word out that it's good and it's on the PSN. Pick it up, try it, play it. But yeah, just right. the, just the people we have right now. Even even with with you know twenty thousand plus people, it's still all word of mouth, and you know they can't do it all by themselves. Everybody yeah. has to has to put the word out. It's because twenty thousand is not going to. We've talked about it a million times over. Yeah. It, it's a great game. It's a great series. Try it if you've not tried it. Yep. If five of our ten listeners try it, that's fifty <laughs> percent. That's fifty percent. That's a, that's see, a true fact. I know for a fact that we get we get quite a bit more downloads than that. But <laughs> we get twelve. That's funny. Still, he's exa- yeah, it's yeah, 12. twelve. Yep, it's twelve. Mark, come on. Uh, oh boy, <laughs> those two listeners you left out are so mad. <laughs> Uh, I have been playing a little bit of World of Warcraft. I've kind of fell into a, a slump a little bit on that. I just haven't had the time to devote to to an MMO at this point. Um, I've been playing a lot of uh, Far Cry Four still. Yeah. And man, the story is just so goofy and off the wall, and yeah. and it's just not very good. So disjointed and and makes no sense. Like Far Cry Three, one of the things I really liked was at the beginning of the game when your guy kills somebody for the first time and he's like, oh my gosh, what have I done? And like freaking out and everything like that. This one, the dude just shows up in this country and gets told a few things about his parents and then he's like, all right, I guess I'm in the resistance army now and starts killing people. And it's like, well, <laughs> all right, guy, cool. Yeah. A little, uh, little, little dissonance there. With, it, yeah, uh, it's, it, I don't know. It, it's just odd. But as far as like going on and just having fun in this open world, oh my gosh, it's a blast. Just running around taking over bases, uh, doing missions and, and just exploring what Ubisoft put together is, is amazing. And I just, 
as a time killer and just to have a blast, it is it is a great time. Yeah, can't recommend it enough on that front. Did you know you could beat the game in about ten minutes? Is that true? It is true. Uh, so at the beginning of the game, you come into the place in the place, <laughs> very in the palace. I know you're into the palace about. on the bus, and you get brought out. And the bad guy says he has to go do something really quick. It'll be back in five minutes. If you wait five minutes and he comes back, you just get to do what you were originally there. That's to that's do. not at the beginning and, by the bus. Oh, it isn't. No, because he he actually brings you to a palace, and you're sitting down eating dinner or lunch or something like that. And okay. then he says, "I gotta go," and you hear like somebody getting tortured downstairs. And you're supposed so to I guess go it'll check take it more out in ten minutes. You're supposed to go check it out. But if yeah. you wait, if you don't do anything, it's done. Mm-hmm. Yep, and that's confirmed. Yes. Wow. It's been confirmed by Reddit, which has never lied to me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, God. So you have no idea whether that's true or not. I believe it to be true. Oh, my (laughs) gosh. We'll test it out after this episode. You going to buy the game? No, I'm going to play it on your... I'm not starting it over. (laughs) Anyways. You're forcing him to buy and play a game. I know, right? It's ridiculous. Ryan has it. He got it for free. Shoot. At least when I I make up facts... I get caught on so the have, show. I'm Brian. Later on. I'm itching to start it though. See, have Brian do it. He's about getting ready do it to start. Up. After I play a game first, I gotta play. Oh, uh, here we go. Um, the other game I've been playing is uh, Dragon Fantasy on this, my Vita. Hold on. Are there dragons in it? Yes. Is it a fantasy? Yep. It is actually a mix of Dragon Age or Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy. Oh, cool! And uh, I've been pl- I just beat Book One, which you guys would hate it. To be honest, because it's very, very old school, like sprites and and turn based battling, and very right up my alley. Yeah. Um, and then dra- I'm on book two now, which uh, throws in a, little, a few elements of Chrono Trigger, like the combat and oh, stuff, that's cool. which is kind of cool. So I'm, I'm I really enjoy it and uh, highly recommend it if you if you like that old school stuff. It's got a great sense of humor, and it, it really just draws from all those old school classic games. Um, it's a good time. Right. Uh World World of Warcraft been uh continuing my campaign against the Iron Horde and their evilness. Um and just finished BioShock Infinite and all its glory and all its DLC and I can honestly say that in my opinion Ken Levine and his writing staff wrote one of the best multi-universe/time travel stories that I've ever like movie, a book, anything that I've ever witnessed. Uh one of the my, one of my favorite things about how they do with that game is they start changing uh, like have has you know all that stuff the the language has changed like there's a scene it's not going to spoil anything but there's a scene in Burial Let's See episode 2 where you're playing as Elizabeth and uh, you're talking with a I, I think a, a, a booker it's like a, a booker in her mind it's like her idea of booker and you're back in Columbia during the time that you were in Columbia the first time as booker and trying to take Elizabeth and the booker in your head says well what if we see our what if we see our past selves in this reality and she goes well we won't and he says well how do you know because we didn't i just love that kind of like uh it just hits you like oh yeah like we would have seen each other you know he says what if we see each other he says well we won't she says we won't see each other well how do you know because we didn't yes very complicated to talk about time travel type storylines but the way they did it and it ties it literally ties Bioshock 1 to Bioshock Infinite in such a way. It just blew my whole <laughs> world. I was like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Like, it's just JJ really a, needs to play Infinite. Yeah. It's just such a good story, and I give him so much props. It's the best 
multi-universe slash time travel story and well-written and easy easy enough to understand. It's still pretty complex, but... I still... When I think back to that part when the curtain gets drawn back in Bioshock Infinite, incredible. They're not stars, they're doors. Yeah, that, that yeah. part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's a really cool um, a scene. Anyway, that's what I've been playing. I finished that up. I'm going to start my review, and oh, man, the DLC is well worth the, the, the price tag on that. It's... Both DLCs are varied. You, one one you play as a, a Booker, or the other play, one you play as Elizabeth, and Elizabeth's more of a, she's not really as powerful as Booker, so she's got to use a lot more subterfuge and. Cool. Yeah. Heck yeah. Mark, if anybody wants to email us, where can they email us? They can email us at frozennorthpodcast at gmail dot com. Brian, what's our website? fngaming.net. Mark, what's our Facebook page? At fn podcast. Wait, did that you say Twitter? Not even remotely. <laughs> Our Facebook page. That's not even the right syntax for nope. Facebook. Nope. You go to if you go to Facebook and type in at FN Podcast, you're not gonna find us. <laughs> You'll just have a status that you says will not. at FN Podcast. Yep. And I don't know. Which is fine. I click on the sidebar link for Facebook. <laughs> Facebook.com slash the frozen north. Hey, at least I That's got uh, one right that you didn't ask. Brian, what's our Twitter? At <laughs> If you get this wrong. At FN Podcast. Okay, just making sure. We also have a blog at frozennorthpodcast.blogspot.com. And where can they subscribe to and rate us, Mark? iTunes. (laughs) (laughs) He said that so seriously. iTunes. iTunes. (laughs) Yes, we would absolutely appreciate you uh, going there and rating us and uh, subscribing. Indubitably. For sure. Tell us what you like. What you don't like. Whatever. Yeah. So, we got some news? We do. Guys, Star Fox, unsurprisingly, is due for an E3 2015 appearance. I hope so, so considering finally, we haven't seen anything and it's supposed to be coming out this year. Yeah, we're finally going to, I'm assuming it's going to be coming out quarter four or quarter three of uh, 2015, so we're going to see a little uh, little ditty maybe. Um, Nintendo announced in December that The Legend of Zelda 4 Wii U and Star Fox are both on track for 2015 releases. Obviously, we didn't see any footage from Star Fox. I think you mentioned that last time, JJ. Uh, but it is scheduled to have a, a showing at E3, which will be nice. Kind of get to see what kind of game it is, and if it maybe harkens back to the uh, Starcraft of or Starcraft Star Fox of yore. <laughs> if it comes out looking like Starcraft, this is going to be weird. Uh, RTS Star Fox style. All right, dude, an RTS would be sweet with the gamepad uh, yeah. on Wii U. Yeah. Definitely, that'd be great. That actually. You just broke new ground. Up uh, new ground. <laughs> Nintendo, do it. Um, no, they won't, because that's a good idea. <laughs> Come on. I, I, Come on, they have good ideas. I, I razz because I love. They have good ideas, but they put them in the filing cabinet in the back. For later. Lock it. Um, right. Oh, hey, guys. Remember how we were talking about how we couldn't put Kingdom Hearts 3 on our lists? Uh, because they weren't. we didn't think they were coming out in 2015? Yep. Well, Rumor Mill has churned... And a voice actor has maybe spilled the beans that it is due for a 2015 release. Uh, if this is true, we here at the Frozen North are super excited. Well, except for Mark. Right. True. Yeah. So and this, and this, this is not confirmed. No. This is totally a rumor. But uh, the so, source is... So in an interview with one of the voice actors, I think he, he kind of uh, hinted at, like, you know, I think the uh, uh, he said, well, yeah, it's due um, at the end of the year. Yeah, and then Square Enix said we have not announced when it's coming out. But that, which is a telltale sign that that they're like, yeah, we haven't announced it yet, which means that's probably 2015. I'd we'll hope see. so. Uh, it could get delayed, obviously, out into 2016. I'm but, okay with it getting delayed because I have a million other things to play. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. 
Oh, and then we got another one here. Sony uh, launching PlayStation Now subscription program. Um, by the time you guys uh, listen to this podcast, it'll actually be launched. It's launching um, January 13th. Uh, a lot of good news with this. It's going to work much like Netflix, in which it is a subscription-based streaming service, but for games. Um, if this works well enough, it could be the next big thing, guys. It's pretty uh, exciting. Price tag is going to be nineteen ninety nine per month, unless you buy like a bundle month package, in which right. it could go down to fifteen ninety nine. Uh, but like I said, works just like Netflix. You log on, you click the game you want to play. I think there's a hundred games in the cata- in the catalog right now. Yeah, uh, and then uh, you you play uh, via stream. I, I'm curious to see how one one it is. If it is, you know, right. Uh, you one, and I, one. I think have the same fears on that yeah. on that front. Uh, if it is one one though, if it's truly one one and it, and you know you have good enough internet to sustain that, then that's fantastic. Yep. Uh, for people who don't now, me, I'm a guy who likes to play games. I uh, buy games. Buy games. <laughs> I like to buy games that I play and beat. Um, but for somebody who is maybe somebody who just wants to experience gaming and doesn't have the maybe the capital to shell out, you know, hundred plus mo- dollars a month to right, play games, right. this is a fantastic service for it. It's also for people who just joined the PlayStation family yes. who were previously maybe only Xbox fans. Yep. And it's shoot, you know, if you think about it, it's cheaper too. You put out, you give out twenty bucks. You've got a month, yeah. of all these games at your disposal to play whenever what you want at your streaming so. convenience. So I think that's pretty cool. I will time will tell if that's a service that, uh, like I said, it's got to be as, it's got to be as close to one one as possible. Or else I think it'll won't be worth the price tag, right? Because why not just go buy the game and play it? But um, okay, moving on. Uh, nearly two thousand games, guys, uh, received eighty nine million in Kickstarter funding in two thousand fourteen. Now. That's a little misleading. Eighty-nine ga- two thousand games did not individually receive eighty-nine million, but two thousand games received eighty-nine million total. So split that up. You know, some games at more, but still eighty-nine million dollars in Kickstarter to fund video games. I would say the video game industry is uh, alive and well based on those. Oh numbers. yeah, definitely. I think so. Yeah. Mm. Um, so what do you guys think? Kickstarter a good thing for gaming? Kickstarter a bad thing for gaming? Do you like what Kickstarter's doing? Do you want to see kind of more crowdfunding? I think Kickstarter, in theory, is amazing. Yeah. I just think there's a lot of people who go into it unprepared. Yeah, and, definitely. Uh, like, because people think that it is... It, it definitely is a way to get your business off the ground, but you have to have something tangible and have to have something prepared. And you need to have a plan. Right. You can't just go on there and be like, I want to make this, I want to do this, and I need the money to do it. It's like, right. no. You, no, can't you just have go to on show there. me something first. Yeah. You can't just go on there and say, I need a new gaming PC for my streaming channel. <laughs> so you wouldn't believe how many people do uh, yeah. that, too. Yep. Oh, my gosh. I saw I saw one, and I, I'm, not, I'm not saying this was a bad idea, but I saw one a while ago where these guys, uh, they wanted to open up a local video game store. And they were asking for like 180 grand. And it was like for this city out in Florida. And it was like, well... Who's going to vote for that? Like, first of all, you don't have anything. They did, did have a building picked out that they were looking at. Yeah. But it's like, first of all, nobody outside of that area of Florida is going to even no. do this. And did you really think $180,000 worth of people were going to be Yeah, you got to you gotta, like, kind of... You have to think about yeah. your audience and how you want to do this. The way I feel about Kickstarter is it's a great place to go if you're filling a vacuum and you've exhausted all your other options. Yeah. But if it's your first place to go to just because you don't want to put up your own money... Back. Right, or if you're doing something that everyone else is already doing anyway, those two things are death. Yeah, it. In all honesty, the name Kickstarter is. I mean, it's a good name, but I, I think it's a little misleading because your business should already be established. You should be expanding it using Kickstarter. Right. So, yeah. 
It's a great place for people to leave big companies but already have the experience of making games and to try and make something new that they couldn't get. Like, like David Schaefer, a.k.a. Tim Schaefer. Right. <laughs> right. Somebody who's got experience in the industry and knows what he's doing, um, just doesn't want to deal with a uh, overlord. Yep. It's going to do it. <laughs> right. Uh, and then our last uh, our last bit of news, I actually read this article. It's a Forbes article. Um, Forbes is kind of tr- – uh, if you don't know what Forbes is, Forbes is a financial uh, website slash magazine slash everything that has to do with, uh, you know, economy, you know, shareholders, all that uh, financial jargon. They're, they're an article, and they're trying to figure out how Sony is doing what they're doing in the gaming uh, scene. They have sold – 18.5 million units, uh, PS4 units. Uh, and when I say sold, a lot of times companies will put shipped, which means shipped to retailers. Yeah, that means that the, a, uh, a store could have, you know, yes. 50 of them sitting in their back, Correct. back room. Which shipped is a very misleading our, our target. This is actual sold units, which is even more mind-blowing. This is not shipped. This is 18.5 million Single unit right. sold to consumers. Shipped matters for investors, but yes. sold matters for actually knowing. Correct. So yep. that number is, and that's why Forbes is looking like at it, like, well, how, how are they doing this? Because honestly, it's bad. the the amount of lead they have over uh, Microsoft and uh, Nintendo right now is, uh, I wouldn't say insurmountable at this point, but getting to that point where it's like, I don't see how they're going to catch. They're not going to catch up, but just like you know the. The Wii sold 100 million was way ahead of everyone else. Yeah. That didn't mean the other two were a ghetto. No, 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 no. I think, I think <laughs> no, everyone's going to be fine. Here, I'm going to go over some numbers. So the latest data for the Xbox One is 10 million uh, consoles shipped to retails, retailers in mid-November. Yeah. We don't, they don't have, they didn't release any sold, uh, sold to customers data since quarter one of 2014. And they, in that quarter, they did 5.1 million. Uh, Xbox One had been sold, not shipped, so that was 5.1 sold units uh, in quarter one, but that's the last data we've really got. Uh, and then we shouldn't leave out that Nintendo, the uh, Wii U, with its uh, year-long head start, that console sold just under 7.5 million units, which is not good uh, after having an, an entire calendar uh, year a head start on both consoles. Yeah, uh, It's not by any means uh, putting them out of business. Uh, no. they're, it, they're, they're sustaining and they're picking up now, obviously, but... Uh, just that lead on the Sony has an absolute. They got their foot on the throat of both Microsoft and Nintendo at this point. Um, they are doubling their numbers, and in fanboys, you can't even argue uh, that Sony is absolutely crushing right now. Uh, it's really not debatable. You can yeah. say that in the long run, it's by no means over. I'm not calling the the. I'm not calling the the race, and there's no way you can say that Sony's won this generation, because no. it's a long generation, uh, but at this point in time... They've certainly won launch. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and then, while there's still a long time to go in the generation, uh, I Sony has set themselves up in an, an extremely enviable situation. Like, I'm sure Microsoft and Nintendo would love to be in the position that Sony oh, yeah. is in right now, because mm-hmm. Sony is basically printing money and selling systems in in and at a clip that's kind of unprecedented at this point. I don't think anybody projected this kind of these kind of numbers. I don't even think Sony did. I think Sony's going, I don't know. What, <laughs> what do we do What now? do we do? <laughs> I wonder if they'll get to the uh, install base that PS2 got to, which was like, yeah. I think it was like 125 million. That'll be, console that'll be tough. That'll be I tough, believe. I believe. I might be wrong about that. Write in and tell me I'm wrong if I'm wrong. Yeah. <laughs> that'll be tough, but so I mean, Sony, after last generation, I think Sony is... Uh, Kind of breathing, breathing easy at this point. Like, okay, we didn't, uh, we didn't flub up uh, 
the the third you know the fourth console like we did the the first launch right <laughs> on the PS3. So that's it. Uh, you know, by by no means is uh, Microsoft or or Nintendo in dire straits. They're still selling well, um, but this this article is more about trying to figure out why Sony's doing so well and what they did right and what yeah. uh, what's going on there. I I would go take a look. It's on Forbes's website, Forbes.com. We'll have the uh, the links yep. in the uh, episode description up on, on our website. It's, a great, it's a great read on the business side of things. And speaking of business side of things, my last thing is uh, Nintendo made a business decision uh, to pull out of um, Brazil. Uh, they There are some pretty strict tariffs in Brazil. Mm-hmm. And uh, even though Nintendo's got a tons of fan, tons of loyal fans in Brazil, uh, Nintendo kind of saw the, the writing on the wall. The writing is money, and they were like, "We don't have the sustainable business to to stay in Brazil." So they, and they apologized to the Brazilian fans too. They they even said, "You know, right. we regret uh, doing this. Uh, we know you have a we have a huge loyal fan base in Brazil, but they said, you know, business wise, we we can't we can't stay in there with these with these crazy tariffs in, in Brazil. And who can blame them? I mean, they." I'd rather them make business decisions and stay around than, you know, try to please everybody and, and you know, stretch too, stretch themselves too thin. Yep. So that would be our last uh, last bit of news, guys. For sure. Okay. We're going to do a quick uh, Beyond the Game. I don't, I don't know that we'll talk about it for super long, but... Uh... All right. So today we're going to talk a little bit about counterculture in gaming. Brian, what does that mean? So counterculture is, I think, hippie. Uh, so in the 50s, counterculture really really made its prominence in the 50s, uh, going into the 60s when uh, the war culture that came back was very strict and their children were just wanting to live their own life and do things they want to do and not go with the norm, which was straight-laced boots, you know, make beds. Um, so what counterculture is nowadays is anything that's popular is supposed to be bad. Uh, popular equals bad is counterculture, basically. It's uh, the contrarian. Uh, well, you like that game? Well, I don't because I'm different than you. Right. That's kind of the whole mentality is yep. is uh, even though they may like the game, and here's my theory on it is, like, you know, Call of Duty is an insanely good franchise or insanely popular franchise because it's good. You know, yes. it's well made. It's, there have been good installments yeah, in that series. There are good installments, right? And then, But there's this big, in Halo the same way, it's good. But then there's that section of people who, for some reason, want to stand out. And regardless of it's being good, they just want to say it's bad so that they are different. That's what counterculture is. You see that in every walk of life. But why I want to talk about it specifically in gaming and whether or not it hurts or helps gaming to to literally complain or not like something just to be a little different than everybody else. That's what we're talking about. I think the first question that would have to come to mind is whether people are conscious of the fact that they're doing it Um, or if it's something more subconscious. I would say, yes, they are conscious of it. But I think it's to the point where that's their identity. Yeah, I could see that. They want to stand out. They want to feel like... Different. They Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, perfect example, Final Fantasy VII. Yes. It's an amazing game. Yep. And regardless, like, I, I have no doubt that there are people who genuinely do not like that game. And that's fine. It's totally yeah. fine. But there are also people who, like, deny the fact of the impact that it made when it came out. No way, dude. Right. The game came out and it like brought people to the RPG genre that never sure. even thought about it before. Yep, it made waves when it came out. I see the con- the con- like I see the term drone a lot. A lot of counterculture people call people that like popular things drones and followers and yeah. Uh, and I think it's just a mentality that they want to be different. They don't want to feel like they're in a crowd. But in in my opinion, and and this is 
goes for all counterculture because there's tons of it in movies. But there was this huge hatred for uh, Ubisoft's game uh, Watch Dogs. Right. Uh, kind of like here's the new here's the new thing to hate on. When and you played it, and my brother played it, and both said, "I don't have any idea what the complaints were. Like, I don't understand why it was uh, ostracized like it was. I haven't personally played it, so I can't speak to it. But I think that comes back to the gaming counterculture, where it's we need to have something to hate on. We need to have something to set us our, ourselves apart. We can't just like everything, even if it's likable. <laughs> right. right? Like, it's great, but I can't like it because then I'm going to feel like I'm part of the crowd right. and I've got to stand out. So I'm going to find something to nitpick so that I'm I'm that guy. Oh, you're that guy that doesn't like Watch Dogs. Oh, you're cool. And the, and the, the thing about Watch Dogs is that it's it's not game of the year. No, it's not going to be no. the, the best thing since sliced bread. It did have a few issues with it. Sure. But what, I had a good time with it. But what game doesn't? Well, exactly. But the fact that it wasn't, you know, like, you know, way up here on the yeah. scale meant that the, it was easier for people to look at it and tear it down because they could nitpick a lot more because there was a lot more to yeah. nitpick. I think I think some of the negative energy that is directed towards Watchdog also came out of just the disconnect between what we saw at E3 and what yeah. the reality of the game I, was. I, and I was just going to talk about that. I that think, happened for Uncharted as well. I think a lot of the issue, too, uh, with uh, counterculture now and in, in seeing this negativity, and I call it vitriol on the internet, is I think companies are starting to make a little bit too many too many promises and not following through on them. Um, and that's Destiny? an issue. Yeah. So companies are starting to build up their games like they're the next greatest thing, and they're not, which is causing a lot of... A grief amongst the gaming community but i do think that counterculture in gaming specifically is kind of self-defeating where at some point counterculture is going to get it, it's a cycle it'll get so popular that everybody's going to be counterculture right. and then now you're part of the the drone exactly system. and that's that's what always happens it, it, it's a like cycle. hipsters correct it's like uh, now you are the popular now being the not hipster the non-counterculture is the minority <laughs> so now all the drones are and, and honestly it's funny because they always talk about hipsters always talk about being a drone and being but they all spew the same thing so it's like right i'm not gonna conform yeah. so i'm gonna go be like my friends <laughs> like, and then it what? gets to that yeah. it gets to that weird part where it's gone all the way around the cycle and yes. now people are ironically enjoying things correct like when people were watching jersey shore because it was ironically enjoyable to them. They're like, oh, I'm above these characters, but it's fun to watch. Yeah. yeah. But a few years before that, they would have been judging anyone that would watch something like that. I, I just have noticed that counterculture and gaming is becoming a little bit more and more about what can we hate despite well, its popularity. Cynicism is fun. It is. <laughs> it's, it's, there's no other way to put it. But It's fun to be cynical. My problem with it is if a game is good, it's okay if it's good. It's not, yeah. there's no, it's not bad that it's good. You can like it. Mm-hmm. If, if you know if it if it sells you know seven million units, it's a See, good game. You also have to have to take into account there are people who are still gonna gonna ride it. Like I fully admit myself, I make fun of Call of Duty, I make fun of Halo, right. but at the same time, I own a lot of Halo games already. Right. I own a few Call of Duty games. I admit that they're good games. I'm I, just I think you you're know. I think you're ironically counterculture. I think you just kind of uh, you you you're not somebody who literally believes that they're terrible games. Right. You just you poke fun because it's fun. Yeah, but oh, yeah, there are there are legitimate people out there who don't like a popular franchise just because it's popular, which literally is stupid, because yeah. they want to stand out. Yep. And that's I don't know, man. It's never going to go away. I can't ever PSA and be like public service announcement. It's not okay to be a hipster and not like things because they're popular. I just think that it's self defeating in gaming. It's gonna. It's there's no point to it. It's quite right. literally. It's a detriment only. World of Warcraft. 
Well, yeah. A lot of people don't like it just because, oh, you play WoW? Oh, okay. Well, I play this one that nobody's ever yeah, heard well, of. Like, ooh, Exactly. Oh, I play Wildstar, and it is way better than WoW. Well, if it was better than WoW, people would be playing that over WoW. I know how they feel. <laughs> just kidding. No, World of Warcraft's a great game. If you don't play it, World it really of Warcraft, if you don't play World of Warcraft because you don't have time for it, or there's legitimate reasons why you don't want to play it, yeah. that's fine. But or just if you legitimately don't, don't like, like it. it, yeah. If it's not your style, a lot of people like I, I've never heard anybody admit to being like to saying like I don't like it because it's popular. You can tell when they're actually nitpicking, going yes. off to the stupidest smallest insignificant little things and you're like oh the biggest really come on the biggest argument for people who they never they're never going to admit they don't like it because it's too popular but this is the language they use it's too casual for a while the, like when they say wow it's too casual i always look at them like mhm mhm okay yeah that that's them saying i don't like it cuz it's it's too mainstream that's that's literally what they're saying can i jump in to defend that argument okay one of the games that i really enjoy in the MMO sphere uh-huh. is Darkfall Online. Okay. And the reason I enjoy it is because you have full open PvP and full loot. So if you die, everything you had on you gets dropped and anyone can go take it. If you like and that anyone kind of, can kill you. If you legitimately like that type of game, then that's 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 fine. That's, and that's not me saying I don't like WoW because a lot right. of people like it. It's me saying I like the high stakes of a more punishing game. Right. But there are plenty of people that do exactly what you're saying just because it's yeah, popular. Because when people say it's too casual, I'm like, it's they got they have, you know they have mythic rating now. It's definitely not casual. No, like it's got it's just it's just very broad. It's got casual aspects and then very hardcore aspects. So and that's why it's so does does so well because it appeals to such a wide audience. And I don't like people who say, well, they just I just want games to you know be this narrow what I like. I'm like, why wouldn't you want them to broaden that so that everybody can enjoy right. an aspect of that game? No, I want them to go down the strict corridor that only attends to my needs. So here's a question for you. What? It kind of goes along with what you just said about people using it's too casual as an argument to defend uh-huh. that. A lot of people, let's, the original Wii. Yeah. A lot of people looked at that and considered it to be not as good because it was too casual. Okay. Would you put that in the same boat? Yes, because I played the Wii and there were some fantastic games on the Wii. Mm-hmm. Now... I never can understand some of the game. Some of the games that I played uh, that I loved, um, I in in I know Xeno Gear or Xeno or Xeno Blade, Blade. Chronicles. <laughs> the, it can be casual, but just because it caters to casual audience doesn't mean it doesn't also have hardcore elements. That's what I'm trying to yep. like. It doesn't need to be narrow. It can be broad. Yes, it was very casual, but it also had hardcore games that were for gamers. I don't know. Understand that argument now. If it was all casual games, if it was literally there were no like. Xenoblade was not easy. That's what I'm saying. Like, if there were no games that were built for gamers on the system, then yes, it's a casual system, and hardcore gamers should not need not apply. But right. I'm a hardcore gamer, and there were plenty of games on the Wii, and there are still games on the Wii that I haven't played. I have not played Xenoblade. I have not played The Last Story yet, and yet I still played a ton of Wii games. Mm-hmm. So I I discredit that argument because you're not playing the the system because it's too casual. It says to me that you're not playing it because you feel like if you buy a Wii U, you're part of the crowd. That's what all you're saying to me, and the, so it's like the stupidest reason not to play a gaming system. Right, I agree. Yeah, so that 100%. yeah, I put it in the same category because the Wii U did have hardcore games on it that you could have played that were good. So, invalid argument. Sorry, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> no, you're right. Yeah. I agree with you 100. Yep. percent Yep. Yep. 
Well, I think, I mean, I, I guess we're pretty much all in agreement then. It's, it really does not help the gaming industry it's, whatsoever. It's There's no way. I don't see how it could. Huh. It can be entertaining sometimes. Well, it's, but it's a self Like, I mean, look at, look at all the YouTube channels that are just people shouting at their webcams about how much they hate something in a game. But would you agree it's selfishly entertaining? Like, it entertains yeah, oh, yourself. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Well, if you do disagree with us or agree with us, please feel free to shoot us an email. If in game, uh, wow, I just Whoa! messed up. Hey, wow, look at that! Oh my gosh, Mark, what's our email address? FrozenNorthPodcast at gmail dot com. Okay, good, thank you. Yay, man! That can't funny. make funny anymore. That'd have been funny if you went at effing podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I almost oh, did, man. All right, we're gonna be going over our top five video game weapons, but first. Let's go over to Raul for a quick side quest. Now, make me feel it. Make me feel alive again. Good. Now we can fight this warrior. And dead. It is the basis of all combat. Only a fool trusts his life to a weapon. Sure, weapons are deadly, but fists can be as deadly or deadlier. This is the Deadly Fist of Gaming, 1990s edition. Starting off our list is Tifa Lockhart. Standing at five foot four, this final fancy femme fatale will beat rush you into the ground. And although she can hold her own against Cloud's overcompensating Buster Sword, and she can obliterate entire swarms of enemies with her bare fist, she cannot seem to get Cloud to return her affection. Next on our list is Ina from Chrono Trigger. When you live in a time of massive dodges where you best know how to defend yourself, this lady of the prehistoric era chooses to beat giant lizard with her bare fist. If you're able to level her to level 96, you will gain her bronze fist ability, making her even more deadly. Don't mess with her because she eats her for breakfast and she tenderizes them with her bare fist. Continuing our list is Sabin Renee Figaro from Final Fantasy VI. With his blitz skill, he can punch you so hard your chocobo will feel it. One of the princes of Figaro, he left the throne to be free, choosing to devote his life to martial arts. His legendary blitz techniques such as the pummel, airblade, and bomb rush shatters enemies and looks awesome. These next two brothers seem to have magnets on their fists that attract enemies. Billy Lee and Jimmy Lee from Super Double Dragon. Harnessing the power of Southern and Northern Sosetsuken, these brothers can quickly clear cities with their bare fists. Don't mess with them because they're double trouble. Our last contender puts a slap in Kung Fu Slap. Anyone can clear level with a weapon, what makes you a badass? Clear level with a slapper. 007 from GoldenEye on the Nintendo 64 has mastered the art of the Kung Fu Slap. He will slap you into next or last Sunday or whichever Sunday he damn well wants. Possible side effects include being disarmed, knocked unconscious, or killed. Many a henchman have fallen victim to his deadly slap. I wouldn't want to be at the end of this handshake. That does it for the Deadly Fist of Gaming 1990s edition. What Deadly Fist of Gaming would you like to see on the next Deadly Fist of Gaming episode? Email us at FrozenNorthPodcast at gmail.com. 
for the Frozen North, I am Raul Cruz. And we're back. Thank you, Raul. Man, I feel like just punching some stuff right now. Or I, know. I, I whenever when he mentioned the uh, the 007, uh fist attack. Oh, it brings picture back it, memories. Picture it in my mind. Just him doing the karate <laughs> the chop. chop to the side. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. my gosh! Oh, those kills up. were the best. <laughs> oh man, Raul, wonderful job as always. Um, if you uh, enjoyed what what uh, Raul did there on our side quest. You can absolutely go check them out. They are the Super Smart Gaming Podcast. They're on iTunes as well. Uh, they also are on Facebook and uh, Twitter. Super Smart Gaming on Twitter, <laughs> I believe. <laughs> they didn't have enough room, so they had to do it that way. Uh, but yeah, definitely go check them out. And if you just do a search on, on iTunes for Super Smart Gaming, you'll, you'll find them on there. Great group of guys. Great info. And they, uh, they, they have a good time, which is, which is one they of do. the best things uh, about a show. Okay. Top five. We're doing our top five video game weapons. Who wants to start? Can I do an honorable mention that I just thought of? Yeah, absolutely. The tranquilizer gun from Perfect Dark. Nice. Did you just call it a tranquilizer? Tranquilizer. 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 Okay. <laughs> just, <laughs> sure. I was going to call it Trank, and then I just like decided to say Tranquilizer. What, what was the uh, the one that could shoot through walls? The ZF something? The, uh, uh, the um, Farscape. Farscape. Farscope? I think. Farsight? It's something with Farsight. Far, it was Farsight. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. I think it's um, cool. But I really liked the tranquilizer gun yep. because, because it was totally broken and you could shoot someone so much with it. And as you got tranquilized, your vision would become more and more blurry. <laughs> but even if you killed yourself, you would come back with your vision still blurred. Oh, my gosh. Wow. So it was pretty awesome. True gun. enough. Uh, honorable mention for me would have to be the, uh, the Monado from Xenoblade Chronicles. Uh, I mean, the whole game revolves around that sword. It's... It's awesome. I don't want to like say too much about it because it would be it's integral spoilers. To yeah, uh, but hold on. Let me mark that word. It's integral. Integral. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. You're welcome. Integral to the stream. Uh, <laughs> 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 integral to the stee. But it's if, if first of all, if you have a Wii and you haven't played Xenoblade Chronicles, I hope it's is it still like eighty I, bucks. I think probably. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, th- those games aren't going to get any cheaper. They don't make them anymore. They're ridiculous. Thanks, Nintendo, for limited runs. Anyways, yeah. so... Um, I own it. I own a Wii, and I own Xenoblade Chronicles, so... It's a great game. It is. Best, best game on the system, in my opinion. Uh, Brian, any honorable uh, I do. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and throw out that Spartan laser. Man, when you first got a hold of that, and I think it was uh, Halo 3, one of the most satisfying kills ever is getting us... So they're usually... they're they're. It's a big old looking like rocket launcher that charges mm-hmm. and fires a giant red. It's basically like what you'd put on a ship. It's a you know giant laser, um, and you can kill a tank with it pretty quick or a vehicle. But when you get an actual shot on somebody, because it's really hard to hit them because you, you have a charge time. Yeah, that was the most satisfying kill. Is a Spartan laser kill. Sometimes it's frustrating to use, but yeah, when yeah. you do get lucky, it's fantastic. Yeah, I mean they're usually they're, they're vehicle buster guns, yeah. but uh, when you get a kill on somebody with it, woo, nothing better. That was my honorable mention. Uh, you know what? I actually have one more. Uh, the AWP from Counter-Strike. Mm. Simply because, yeah. I mean, you know a weapon is going to be badass when you have games that start up where people say, okay, every gun is legal except for this one, <laughs> which happened a lot. Because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was it was almost always a one-hit kill. You know, they, they could barely touch you and you, you would just die. So, good Solid. and bad memories with that one. Yeah. 
Well, who wants to start? I'll go. All right, Brian, start us off. Uh, my number five is um, the Gravity Gun, but that's on somebody's list later, so we'll talk about the Gravity Gun uh, at length when it gets to it. All right. Mark, number five. <laughs> you don't know your number my five. number five he is... Number five. <laughs> he no, never I does. had to scroll up. Remember, he didn't even know his number I one. I was actually checking <laughs> I was checking to see if any of my stuff is on anyone else's list. Oh, okay. It looks like... You going to talk about your number five? Uh, yeah, I'm going to talk five? about it. I'm trying to talk over you, but... <laughs> Uh, my number five is the laptop gun from Perfect Dark, and this is going to be a typical Mark answer because the reason I like it is because of how cheap it is. Because laziness? What? Actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. I Dude, loved it, too. So this gun is basically disguised as a laptop, old school giant laptop, folds out into a gun that you can hold and carry around. But the best feature of the gun isn't what you do with it. Like, you can't, you can shoot people. <laughs> The best feature of the gun is that you can throw it. You can just chuck it, and it attaches itself to a wall or a ceiling or the ground mm-hmm. and becomes an automated sentry, which was perfect for camping in a room with only one entrance and throwing it up somewhere where people can't see it until yep. they come into the room. And you can just sit back there and wait for them to come after you and kill them every time. Especially if you had on, like, one-hit kills. Oh, yeah. Which I, I did quite a bit. Yeah. So it was a blast. Um, all right. My number five... Say it. Say the whole thing. Is the BFG. What does that stand for? <laughs> Big freaking gun. Boom. <laughs> That's the PG version. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, I was actually going to bring that up. I was like, I'm not going to say what it stands for, but uh, big freaking gun uh, from the Doom series. Honestly, this is the first weapon that I can remember being a big deal in video games. Like you played Doom, like Doom. Doom was a great game when it first came out and everything, and it's still iconic and classic and stuff like that, but... The BFG was a hidden weapon that you couldn't find, but once you found it, that thing did some damage. Uh, yeah, the big ball it shot out. Boom. Yep. And just, whew, oh my gosh, it was so cool. Uh, it, and it, if you could line them all up, it would go in a line and just just disintegrate everything. Yep. I loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. So that's my number five, the BFG from nice. the Doom series. Brian, number four. My number four is the Blades of Chaos from the God of War series. Kratos' uh, gift from Ares, the Chained Blades of Chaos. Wow, putting two swords on like chains had some interesting effects. Just like the the twirly whirly death, I called it the blender. Twirly whirly yeah. death blender. The death blender of just blood and that <laughs> man. Those when those came out though, like you have to think about when it came out. No one had really seen that before. You know, uh, those mm. were some fantastic weapons. Uh, they're kind of iconic now at this point. Uh, yeah, as the God of War series, one of my favorite series. To be honest with you, because um, I'm a huge Greek mythology nerd, so. Yeah, the Blades of Chaos, Kratos, the whirly twirly blender of death. <laughs> All right. Mark, what's your number four, sir? My number four is the lightsaber from every Star Wars game. I feel like this is Actually, kind of, it's not from every Star Wars game. There's plenty where there aren't. I feel like it's the kind of a cop-out. No, well, it's not a cop-out! Hold on. <laughs> because it it's a... Uh, it, while yes, lightsabers are in games, but it originally was a movie. Okay, weapon. so we can't talk about any kind of tie-in games from now on. Well, I, I'm just saying, like, I'll, because I'll they originally it. came from. I mean, I'll else. allow it. Knights of the Old Republic, man. Oh, no, no, yeah, I, come on. I'm just saying, like, but I'll allow it. It's not from the game. It's not directly. Game, originally, uh, a game person didn't invent the, the weapon. Right, right, right. I'm just saying, ruining I'm Mark's just stuff. saying, go ahead. <laughs> it's still a fantastic weapon. It's like, what do you like about the lightsaber, Mark? <laughs> it's a lightsaber, man. <laughs> 
it's just a little handle, and when you push the on button, I, I assume it says on on the handle of the lightsaber. <laughs> oh it's a God. blade of like light, and it makes the most amazing sound. How do they it get looks it? Incredible. How do they get? How do they and get it can th- cut through metal. Real quick, Mark. And how do they get it to stop? It's a blade of light, I, right? No, man. <laughs> what do you? I didn't like research. How yeah, the we know. Works. We know because you what thought you it had an on button. <laughs> it has an. On, it has a button that he pushes. <laughs> what would you call it besides an on button? Uh, real quick, knowing Mark too, he probably would want like even though the freaking sword's lighting up and yeah. cutting stuff, he'd probably be like, I don't know, I can't tell the red light's not on on the handle, so I don't know if it's on yet. Hey, hey hold indicator on. lights are important. Whoa. Real, real quick, just as a huge loophole, and I've always thought about this in the Star Wars universe. Why didn't they put the button? On the inside of the lightsaber, and if you're really a Jedi, you can use the Force to turn it on, and that way nobody else can use it. Because Brilliant. In, in the language of cinema, that would be really hard to portray to the viewer. That's why they didn't do it that way. And for people like Mark who need an indicator light. I need to, what, but let me tell on. you about indicator lights. I, what should really be the case is that there's a red light when it's not turned on, so that if you're trying to find your lightsaber in a dark room, you can just find the light. Do you think lightsabers have a safety? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying like you unless you're a Jedi who can wield the force you can't use a lightsaber you put the button or just make the use the force to draw the light out whatever so, so you've got dark forces dark forces Two, Jedi outcast Jedi Academy it's a fantastic Kotor, weapon force unleashed and force unleashed Two. yep it's a fantastic lightsabers weapon. it's iconic <laughs> it is for sure thank you Mark for that mm-hmm. <laughs> My number four is Frostmourne from the Warcraft series, but it shows up later on somebody else's list, so we will talk about it then. Oh, we're on three now, huh? I do believe so. My number three, and I don't know if any anybody out there is going to remember this, the Chrono Scepter from Turok. So, the original Turok game came out for the N64, and in that game was a nuke gun. It was a fusion cannon, which shot a nuke. And you'd think, why isn't that your favorite gun? Because the Chrono Scepter was even more spectacular. <laughs> you basically, it's a, a scepter that you, you had to, it's a hidden gun. You had to piece together all the pieces. And then when you shot it, it was a bigger explosion than the nuke. It basically used like focused time energy to just rip apart reality. Huh. Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a weapon of mass destruction for sure. It basically just shredded everything uh, using physics. So yeah. And, and back then, the particle effects for that were it would flash a light like a nuke, and then you'd see this huge blue, like, <laughs> yeah. Awesome. All right, Chrono Scepter. If, if anybody remembers that weapon, you'll know its glory. <laughs> I've played Turok, but I don't think I ever got that. Yeah, it was a it was a hidden one. The fusion cannon was awesome because it was a nuke, but that was even better. Mark number three. Woo! My number three is Corvo's crossbow from Dishonored. What a fantastic game! It's really fantastic so i mean it's it's totally a stealth based game well if you're playing it right it's a stealth based game if all the action players you guys are stupid <laughs> wow <laughs> you heard Listen, it all and, uh, hate mail too that's yeah i'd like to hear frozen north podcast at gmail.com yes i did it right i said it right corvo's crossbow is essentially the sniper rifle of the dishonored games you can get scopes of increasing strength by upgrading it you can upgrade how fast it fires and reloads all the above, and you can get three different types of ammo for it. You can get normal bolts, which you can just sh- get headshots for one-hit kills. You can also use sleeping darts to knock them out, and you can get incendiary bolts, which cause huge explosions. And this is the gu- I mean, this is the gun that makes you feel totally powerful in this game. All the other guns are worthless because they make so much noise or have other issues. Right. 
But this gun, you can be on top of a four-story building, yeah. standing up there, knock out three guys by slowing down time at the same time, never be it, detected. It, felt, it was a really tight crossbow, too. Like, it was, like, not tight, like, cool, but the controls were, like, really... Like, yeah, it was, exactly. It was good. It had a real punch to it. Yeah. Cool. My number three is the Master Sword from the Legend of Zelda series. But, once again, it shows up later on somebody else's list. So, we'll talk about it then. All right, number two. Frostmourne, the rune blade of the Death Knight Arthas and later Lich King. One of the most iconic swords if you're into Warcraft. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably the the legendary weapon of the most lore. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously owned by the orc Ner'zhul who got his body and soul ripped apart and placed in uh, you know an armor set. And he put a little bit of his power into that sword and thrust it out for Arthas, his champion, to find and... Well, we all know what happened then. Yeah, well, people not ever play the game and <laughs> stuff. Yep. But, I mean, th- this was my number four, and, I mean, you never actually get to wield Frostmourne it's, or anything. It would kill your soul. But, like, just the story behind this thing alone, it's one of my favorite stories in all of Warcraft. Yeah. Uh, and it's not even that big in the, the grand scheme of things right. in, the, in the Warcraft universe. But, especially if you play, you know, through Warcraft 3 and then go all the way up to Lich King in uh, in... World of Warcraft. Still probably one of my favorite moments. It's just such a great, great story. Oh, yeah. And it's tragic. Extremely. Yeah, it is. Because Arthas was, you know, he was a good guy in the beginning. I think one of my favorite, like, scenes is actually the opening to uh, Wrath of the Lich King when you have the overlay of his father talking about when he was first born, mm-hmm. all his potential, and then the ir- irony of what his dad's saying is technically came true, uh, but everything's kind of opposite, you know. Like uh, you sh- need to show restraint when you use your power, and he thrusts Frostmourne into the ground and resurrects a great Frostworm. Like just that whole scene, that that opening is still my favorite. It's uh, one of the be- the the opening scene where Arthas is in, in yeah, just right. showing Frostmourne and the the tragedy that was Arthas's life come to uh, basically this point is just fantastic. Right. Yeah. What's funny is that we had actually forgotten about this. Uh... And then I, I brought it up, and I was like, you know what? I, I think I'm going to put Frostmourne on my list. Yeah, and Brian oh. was like, oh, move mine down. Yep, I want it yep, on there. <laughs> it's on there. Yep. Uh, it's, yeah, it's awesome. It's an it iconic is. weapon. Yep. For sure. Uh, Mark, number two, sir. My number two was also on Brian's list previously. It is the Gravity Gun, High or, five. as Alex refers to it, the Zero Point Energy Field Manipulator. Which is... That's what it's called. I, I know. Don't argue with me. I'm not arguing. I just <laughs> I like it's low. It's lower on my list because it had a lot of like, had a lot of physics like plot holes to me. Like, <laughs> what it the, did. What? Why would you even put it on your list? It sounds like you hate it. No, I know. I loved it. I love anything that can like directly manipulate. But but manipulating gravity means you have to have mass. How did it create mass? And how did it focus the mass onto a specific object? Wouldn't everything I mean, get mass is energy? Well, right, but to to pull something directly, how would you focus it? On one thing, instead of just creating the mass and then creating every, you know, everything. Would be, oh my gosh! You know. So why did you guys like yeah. it? I loved it. I'm not even saying this because this I'm, is all Brian. I said it's lower. Brian's on list. saying all this it's stuff. I'm, Don't I, let me in with that. It's because I yell at me. I'm asking why you liked it because we're doing a top five oh, list. Well, it's it's sounded low, accusatory. It's just, it, you know what? It's it's a fantastic. gun. Here's I'm why the gun is amazing <laughs> because everything is ammo yes. once you get that gun. Saw blades on the ground, chairs, broken washing machines, uh, mm. boards. Can I just keep naming stuff until uh, I run out of ideas? Dead bodies. <laughs> dead bodies. Yeah, dead oh, bodies. Man. Yep. Anything. And eventually it gets overpowered by dark matter energy thing, plot hole stuff, and you can start just tearing things apart. Yep. It's a pretty fantastic gun for a game. One of the first FPSs to really have intricate physics, physics puzzles. Yep. 
Cool. Yep. Physics engines. My number two, shocker, shocker, is higher up on somebody else's list. Uh, and actually, we can talk about it right now because it's yeah. Brian's. Uh, my number one is the portal gun. And you may say, Brian, that has a lot of plot physics holes as well. But anything that can create... No, no. You need to go start listing the problems oh boy. and just dra- drag it through the mud a little bit. Well, we, the whole question is it creates wormholes that yeah. can uh, tear space and time. So how do you do that? But, you know, I'll arrest my... Uh, just that gun. The puzzles. Oh, my goodness. The puzzles in that game where you had to figure out physics to use and the dropping things on things and the, the, the companion cube. That gun was... It was just a blast. Oh my goodness. It that, was so much fun. The 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 amount of fun you could have just putting a portal on the ceiling and then the portal on the ground and just mm-hmm. dropping for infinite amount of time. Just so mind blowingly uh what's the word I'm looking for? Revolutionary. Like this is, you know, such a fantastic game. It doesn't really have much to it, but it, these puzzles, you right. have to think outside of the norm to complete these puzzles, like especially in Portal Two. Some of the puzzles where you have to be like, okay. How does this work? Where you have to like start to pick up speed and then launch yourself yep. by shooting another portal. Oh, yeah. Just man, it is. It's a great. I mean, and it's still. How old is the Portal series now? Uh, portal One was like two thousand and six or seven. Came out with the uh, orange box, I think. Maybe it's older than that. Maybe four. And it still, yeah, still holds up as as one of the one of the best weapons. Yeah. I think, and some people would argue that it is a weapon, but you certainly use it as, as one. Anything's and, a weapon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's kind of how I looked at it, yeah. too. It's just so much fun. Yeah. I love just, I mean, you pretty much said it all. Being able to shoot one wall, shoot th- something in the floor, hop through and pop out pop. next to the wall or yeah. something like that. I mean, it's just, man, it's just a blast. Yeah, take everything out of that game. That that weapon alone is, and it's, icon- people, honestly, it's an iconic weapon at this point. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it's basically a gravity gun. Well, yeah. They can do all the gravity gun stuff. True enough. All right. Mark, number one. My number one also appeared on JJ's list. At number three. Because it's the best. Yep. It is the Master Sword from all of the Zelda games. Correct. Have you played Skyward Sword? Uh, No. I have. That's like the origin story. I know. I actually know because uh, I watched my fiance play some of it. It was originally called the Goddess Sword. Right. And throughout the course of that game, you kind of craft it into what it becomes in the rest of the series. It Very is. Cool. It is. I mean, if nothing else, just because it's so iconic. You know, it's the freaking Master Sword from Zelda. Yeah. You. When I first played the original Zelda back on the NES, I mean, shoot, I, I, I will admit I didn't actually even beat the game till many, many years later on. But the fact that I could upgrade my sword and my armor and everything like that was the coolest thing, and it always came oh, yeah. down to. Can I get the best sword in the game? And then the revolution, the revelation that you could shoot energy when you had full you had life. Full life? Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. That was big. That so, wasn't just the Master Sword, though. That was every sword. Well, I thought it was the Master Sword and up, because the first sword you get didn't do that. Yeah, it did. Did it? Yep. Plot hole! The wooden sword did it? Yeah. It's been so long since I've played. Yeah. In the, the original Zelda? Plot hole. Very first one? Okay. Yeah, I'm thinking start link, shooting right off the bat. I'm thinking of Link okay. to the Past. Link to the Past, yeah. Probably, yep. yeah. So, the Blade of Evil's Bane, as it's sometimes referred to, is my number one weapon of all time. Solid. My number one should come as no surprise. It's from a Final Fantasy game. Oh, no. (laughs) The Buster Sword from Final Fantasy VII. Dat Buster. It's not really anything special. It's not like, doesn't have any crazy powers or even look 
you know, that spectacular. Well, and you replace it pretty quickly, if I remember right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, well, you actually steal the hard edge from the uh, Soldier the Third. Nice! In the Shinra building. That hard Boom. edge. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I really, I, you know, I, I'm sure there have been other, like, oversized swords in the past before this game. But I really, at least from my point of view and what I've seen, this game seems like this sword was the one that brought that to the mainstream where, where a lot of other games started to use it after this. You still see, I, I mean, I've got Facebook friends who literally get like a giant wooden sword that they've made or or I have another guy on there who actually went to a metal shop and made a huge buster sword out of it. And I mean, it's ridiculously sized for people, but they, you know, sling it over their back and then they show themselves looking down and to the left uh, with the sword Same. over and then you take the picture so you look like Cloud. Yep. This, I, I mean, that this one sword s- started all that. I think even Blizzard uses oversized swords as the same kind of iconic yeah. uh, look. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. It Because a lot of times you look at these swords and you're like, it's ridiculous. Nobody could lift that. Oh, yeah. But this game did it and they, it made it work. Yeah. So it, I just it's super iconic and uh, I just love Final Fantasy. Like him and Sephiroth <laughs> swords are super, like the oversized katana. Oh, yeah. yeah absolutely. They're, they're both iconic as hell. That... Sephiroth's katana is just like the size of a building. It's just long, ridiculous. It's like longer than he is. <laughs> right. So yeah, that's my number one, the Buster Sword. Yeah, nice. Very nice. So there we have it, our top five video game weapons. Yeah. Do you guys have anything else? I really don't. Other than like, what was Sephiroth's sword's name again? Masamune? I believe so. Uh, so you're looking forward to your cruise coming up? I am. And we are uh, we're going to be doing... We will have one more episode before I go out of town, and when I get out of when I get back from being out of town, I'm actually moving. Uh, so we are actually going to have a break. There's something else that might be getting posted instead. We're we're kind of working out the details at this point, so don't take my word for it just yet. We'll give you more details in the next show that we put out. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll definitely have another show in two weeks, and then after that, we there will not be a Frozen North episode because I mean I just won't be here and at these guys and we're they want to they yeah. want to take a couple of weeks off yep. so mm-hmm. um okay you guys got anything else then for this week episode 54 nah just keep on gaming I, <laughs> man <laughs> woo <laughs> I stole it from you goodbye y'all how was that did pretty, I do that right pretty good I hate you alright with that this is the Frozen North signing off my name is JJ my name's Mark and my name is Brian the Magnificent Thank you again for listening. Episode number 54. And as always, what, Mark? Keep on gaming. Thank you very much. Or as Mark would say, keep on gaming. Keep on gaming. Keep on gaming. Keep on gaming. (laughs) (laughs) Tranquility. Our theme song was made available through the Creative Commons Attribution License by Ziphoid. The song title is Radical Fanfare.